decides that he wants to sell a book, not write a book, he wants to sell a book, and he figures the best way to do that is to attack the biggest name that he's associated with, or the most controversial name, I would say, that he's associated with. So, so many different levels to get into on this one, um, we're not, we could almost make an entire show about it, but yeah. we won't. So, I'll, I'll just, I'll give you the floor to speak freely about, one, what you thought about your coach doing that, two, you agree with any of that and uh three just you know what your reaction was when you saw that and and you know Kenyon who he said something about I know is more than just a teammate and I mean I know you and Melo not to say that there's anything bad about you and Melo but I know you guys are teammates and, and probably and friends but I know Kenyon is a guy that you look to as a brother so go when you when you hear this and he's literally attacking friends and teammates what's your first thought I, I wasn't surprised you weren't surprised I, I wasn't surprised at all I mean it's George, George is like that. George says what he wants to say, and, and George don't care. He's went to the media before and, you know, said certain things. And, um, you know, guys didn't like it, and he didn't care less. I, I, don't, I don't, I'm sure he maybe want to sell books, but George don't need the money. I mean, he, he's told me before, he said, man, I got more money than I've ever need. Only thing I don't have in life is an NBA championship. Okay, so, that, so, let's, so let's go with that then, because I agree with that. I'm sure he doesn't need the money because he has made plenty of money. So then if it's not about money, it has to be about attention. It could be that. It what could, could it be about? If it, I mean, if it's not about money, which I, I'm sure it isn't, mm-hmm. attention? Maybe. Maybe it's just how he feels. I mean, it's 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 kind of weird. I, I don't doubt it, that it's how he. Not, I I don't think that's up to me. I'm <laughs> sure that's I, I'm sure that's how he feels. It's just, you know, I don't think he why, made it up. Why? Why is what you what you what you trying to figure out? Why? Why say it? What What do you benefit by saying those things about Carmelo? Um, mm-hmm. here's my thing, and you know, people want to say. I feel like once you anybody is an athlete or anything that we do as a profession, you have the right to be critiqued on because it's what you do professionally, no matter what it is. So if you would like to say Carmelo Anthony is the worst basketball player I've ever coached, fine. You want to say he's a ball hog, fine. You want to say he, you know, X, Y, and Z, anything. He's not a good yeah. shooter. He's not a, whatever. When you start talking about his raising and being selfish in life, um, mm. using people, those are personal attacks that mm. one. Uh, you're a coach, which is supposed to be a leader, and I don't think right. that that's what leaders are supposed to do. Um, almost at that point, you know, he gets a hold of Melo at what 19, 20 years old, yeah. and you're you know old enough to literally be his father. So you, you know, you're supposed to be trying to to groom this man to be a man, and instead of doing that, you're you're critiquing him as a person. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what things get out of bounds. And and you're talking about. You know, he didn't have a father figure there for X, Y. And, and, you know, it's almost like you're also making passing judgments on people, a lot of people who aren't raised without, um, with their father. And when I saw Canyon coming out and saying, I feel like you're attacking the way my mother raised me. Right. I agree. 
with Kenyon. I, I agree too. And Kenyon said another thing that was um he was right on he was right on point about that. I was actually talking to um I was I was on the phone with Island today. We was talking about this whole this whole situation. Iverson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was um and I was like, man, he ain't say nothing about you. He's like, nah, if he didn't say something about me, we we'd have known by now. And he was like, man, Georgia had no problem with me. But well, about about did you? Doing. But okay, fine. Did you feel like he had a problem with Melo when you were there? He had he had his issues with Melo, and he he he, he like he'd tell me like it'll be stuff during the game or whatever. He might he, he told me before, pull me to the side. I was like yo, when I'm when I'm saying something to, when I'm yelling at you, I'm really yelling at Melo through you because I can't directly say this to him because he. He just don't know how to receive it. And I said, I know, because I know damn well. I ain't do that's nothing that's, wrong. Doesn't that sound like, kind of cowardly? And he said, and this is, else, this is what else he said. He said, he said I'm, a, I'm a hell of a coach. I know my stuff, my basketball, but I'm not a great, um, what word you say, psychologist or something. Like, I'm psychiatrist? Not, yeah, some psychiatrist. I'm, like that. I'm not great with dealing with the all these, you know, different egos and all that. I mean. And that's part of being a part coach. Of the job. That's part of, yeah, that's part of the job. Mean, he was basically just saying, "Man, I'm good at basketball. I know my basketball stuff. All the other stuff, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not a big fan of." And and I, I I I think that's that's a big problem, dude. Yeah. To you know what I hear when I hear that is the same thing we were having the conversation with Lamont is of Adrian Peterson said, "I'm good at running the football. Yeah. I don't do the blocking and catching and all that. Like yeah. that's part of it, dude. Yeah. I mean, a matter of fact, in coaching." One could argue that's the biggest part of it, you know. It's, I mean, it plays it plays a huge it plays a huge role. And, and with George, and with George, it's like, you know, he got his he's he he got a big ego just like the players. Mm-hmm. And and but but but, the, but he also got a little cool stuff about him too, which keeps like some guys might might really like him. A lot of guys might not. The guys, you know, the, with with you know big egos too, they might not like George because they'll clash clash with him. But George do he he does little cool stuff. With his team, I mean, I think his speeches are great. He does know his basketball. He gives great speeches, and he got some like he do bribe stuff. Like you know, you score 110 a day, no practice tomorrow. You make this shot from halftime, we won't practice. He do a lot of, like a lot of little cool stuff other coaches, you know, haven't done. Is he but, the only person you seen do that? Yeah. While that, you're in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what was your first conversation with Kenyon? Um, I said you first. Let, let's just walk through. You first hear this to go. I guess I'm assuming you see yeah. it like everybody else. Scrolling across the bottom of the screen, mm-hmm. you pick up the phone and text Kenny, and you call him. Are you? Are, what, what? What's your thought process? I, I called. I said, "Hey, what's up with George, man?" He said, "I'm just hearing about it now. I ain't, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just about to, you know, read it or look at it now. I'm gonna hit you back." So he, um, he, he, I, I talked to him like, you know, a day later. He was like, "I don't know if you've seen it already, but I'm on Twitter and I'm going off." <laughs> and he said, "I'm about." He said, "I'm about to go do. I'm about to go do this show, yeah, whatever." He did a couple of. Them. Yeah, he did a couple of. Yeah. Them. So yeah, I went. I went and read his tweets. You know, he, you know, he got me laughing. And um, then I went and and I, and I seen the show he did. And the point I was gonna make earlier is is what is what he was right about is George talking about him and Melo, Kenyon and Melo not having a father, which leads to them they got too much money, no father, so they don't know how to handle that. But then he then he says. JR's father's too involved. So it's like, it's like, which is it? You know, you want, you, you get mad that one father's too involved. Now you're mad at these guys because they never had a father that was involved at all. It's like, you, you've been hypocritical. Not only that, and the funny thing is that Lawson, all of this, it's about five or six, maybe seven years ago, 
ESPN does a little special about George Carl and when he first was diagnosed with the cancer mm -hmm. and his relationship with his son. Mm -hmm. And in that piece, he talks about how this cancer was a blessing in disguise because it got him a chance to be closer to his son because mm -hmm. he was no part of his son's life right. at all. Said that in his own words, I was a complete, had nothing to do with my son. Not right. on some deadbeat thing, like I'm sure he's financially taken care of, whatever the case mm -hmm. may be, but because he had been a coach for his entire life, that he never was an actual father to his own son. So mm -hmm. that, to me, leans itself to the, you know, the glass house and throwing stones sort of situation. And again, I, I just don't understand why that's up, why why Carmelo Canyon and JR's upbringing is in your book. Well, I don't know. I don't know why their upbringing is in his book. I mean, right. But at some point in time, if you write a book, I mean, you probably do got to add some kind of juice in there. But I think the thing with him and Kobe, his son, mm -hmm. is is exaggerated because when I was going to these NBA camps as, you know, coming out of high school as a, as a youngin', Kobe was there. So I've been knowing Kobe and seeing Kobe for, for a long time. I don't feel maybe he wasn't there on a day to day mm -hmm. like a regular dad is, but since before George is my coach, Sent him at these camps. When George was my coach in Denver, Kobe was around. So it wasn't like he was just one of them sons that just never was there. Kobe was always there. Kenyon said he was the worst coach you ever played for. Yeah, Kenyon was mad at him. Okay. He was pissed at him. I mean, but I think more so because you got who Kenyon had, Lawrence Frank, who was one of the coolest coaches ever. Lawrence Frank and Byron Scott, them guys were cool. Um, and then George, George like I say, George knows his basketball, but George do some real a-hole stuff. You know what I mean? Like he lost Kenyon in Denver when he was, um, he, he kind of went to the media and basically said Kenyon was basically faking an injury because Kenyon playing, you know, with, with a bad knee, he's out there playing. I remember one day a shoot around, um, Kenyon, you know, he's watching a shoot around and he was like, Kenyon, you're not going to, you're not going to, you know, be a part of this. And, He's like, I'm looking. He's like, hey, do you want it now or do you want it later? George is like, I want it now. We'll deal with it later when it comes. And Kenny was just like, man, I'm out here, you know, damn their leg about to fall off, busting my butt, you know, for for the, for my team. And you basically go to the media making it seem like I'm faking an injury. And that kind of stuff. He lost Kenya at Kenya, that point. Well, at that particular instance, what did Kenya come out and partake in the drill or was just – no, no, okay. Kenya, Kenya was pissed and I, and, and one day at practice, like, George is following Kenya around trying to talk to him. Kenya is walking away from me. He's like, he was telling our GM, Kiki, man, tell him, leave me alone, man. This is after the media thing. And I'm like, cause Kenyon, if, if Kenya one of them guys that if, if, if you his guy, he'll do anything for you. Mm -hmm. But if you not, if you, especially if you go against, you go to the media and say he's faking an injury, you know, you'll, you'll lose him at that point. Did he ever say anything to him about it? Kenyon? Did he have, or he just mentally checked out on he, George Carl? I should say not the team, but on George Carl. No, nah, he, he, he mentally, he mentally checked out on George. I think it got better after, after a while. I think they, they got over it a little bit, but it was always there. Could you tell the whole time that there was, that Kenyon and Carl just wasn't, I mean, excuse me, <laughs> that Carl and, and, um, Carmelo just wasn't clicking? Or were there I, good times? There were good times because especially you know, that first year, I mean, I mean, we, we were winning for the most part. We just couldn't beat the Spurs. Mm -hmm. And we lost one year to, to, um, to the Clippers. Then they lost to the Lakers the year after I left. But it, it, it was good times, but you seen when, you know, guys had their misunderstandings. There was stuff 
there was stuff that 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 Melo didn't do that he should have that he was asked to do. But you know, Melo, like man, we winning games. <laughs> I'm I'm scoring, damn near thirty. You know, get the mother guys to do that stuff, basically. Now I'm gonna say because you've always. I don't know if it's just you taking the high road or it's just you being you. Yeah. You've always spoke pretty highly of jo- of George Carl. Mm-hmm. Um, A1 for years has heard me say, I think he's a complete loser, like mm-hmm. just in every aspect of the game when it comes. Now, I don't, I, when you say he knows his basketball, mm-hmm. I don't doubt that for a second. Because I've you had a lot of coaches and you, you and, can't coach for 27 years and not yeah. know basketball. Go ahead. Yeah, like, like I had a lot of coaches and. Nobody, I wasn't in San Antonio that long, but I told you, I told you pops, it's not, it's not even close. Right. And there's guys who, 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 some know their stuff, some don't, some good players coach guys. Like I had, you know, Quinn Snyder, who's doing great with Utah right now. When I had him in the D league, Quinn was just mostly like a players coach. You know, he, the guys loved him. He was the coolest guy ever. You, you want to play for guys like that. X and O wise, you know, we just is pretty much free to do our own thing. George was kind of like we. He had, he he didn't really you know teach a lot of defense, but our, <laughs> our players were good. We could score the ball, and like I say, what I loved about George, he he really gave some hell of his speeches. He'll get you ready to play games, and a lot of coaches I I you know been with they their speech game wasn't 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 like that. Now know? let's talk about we've often talked about that Denver team you had, where talent wise, outside of Jr. As the sixth pick in the draft, you might be the lowest guy. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, you got Kenny the number one overall, Iverson the number one overall, um, Melo is a three overall. Mello, yeah, uh, three. Yeah, three, three overall. Three. Yourself is six. Jr. was also a lottery. Marcus, Marcus was a two, two to Iverson. Two. two to I. So they're in the yeah. same draft. Yeah. Iverson was the one. Mm-hmm. Camby's the two. Same draft. We had Joe Smith on the team. Was the number one. I pick. mean, so the Name talent is like eight. Yeah, right. Eight, so yeah. all of this talent, he literally has. Six to seven guys on this team who are drafted top top ten overall. Mm-hmm. A handful of them number one. Mm-hmm. I, I'm willing to bet it might be the most number one overall picks on the same team in, in NBA history. Do you feel like those teams? He got the most out of those teams. Because I've heard you say that you were losing the teams that you guys thought you were better than. We were talent wise, we're better than the Spurs. Yes, but we 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 couldn't beat the Spurs because we didn't play. We didn't. We just didn't. We, they just they they played the right way, they they defended they played the right way they were more experienced and they just were smarter basically and more prepared and the funny thing is both times I played the Spurs in the playoffs we went in the San Antonio game one and took and took game one both times and ain't won another game after that <laughs> you know pops adjusted and and we, didn't we didn't readjust and and it got because, ugly if I'm not mistaken too yeah yeah it, it, it got ugly and. I, I don't know if he, it wasn't him not getting the, the most, the most out of them teams. I mean, they, we were also, you know, we, we, we wasn't the most disciplined team in the world. Absolutely. We had Which a lot is, of talent. But, 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 right. But is that not part of a coach's job? Yeah, it is part of the coach's job. But it's also when you got all of them guys on the same team, you know, we, we were, you know, all, all high picks, all talented guys, but, you know, we, we, like I say, we, we just wasn't disciplined. We had the stuff going on, mm-hmm. you know, besides basketball. I, I, I agree. And I, and I just wonder how much of that is George Carl's fault. Now, cause I, I think what you, what you said is 100% accurate in that I don't doubt for a second that he knows his X's and O's and that's great. Um, I think such a large part of it is managing. I think there's two yeah. different coaches. Yeah, absolutely. Like, in my book, 
I feel like Larry Brown is as good as you're going to get basketball mind. Mm-hmm. Phil Jackson is about as good as you're going to get in terms of making the things work. You know, whatever. The two completely different coaches, and I think they both earn their own. You, you respect them differently. Yeah. But the thing is, is that you need to do that. And uh, and a handful of times that I've you know had one on one conversations with Iverson, I remember one time I you know it's the topic of Larry Brown came up, and this isn't just just uh, PR talk. He really speaks extremely high of yeah. Larry Brown. Yeah. Like he's a very big Larry Brown fan. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say to you things like like I think like Larry Brown is the type of guy that gets the most out of not good teams. He gets the most out of his players. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like George Carl is the exact opposite. And he gets the least out of a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. When I say to you, the first number one seed to ever lose to an AC in the playoffs, yeah. that's George Carl. Mm-hmm. That, with that suit, that Seattle team that won 60 games, losing to a Nuggets team that many didn't even know, you know, snuck into the to the playoffs. Then I say the first dream team, U.S. Olympic team, to lose a game is coached by George Carl. They didn't lose one game. They didn't lose two games. They lost three games, mm-hmm. and they started they started getting blown out after a while. And that's George Carl's team. The first time a team has ever led the at the All-Star break and not made the playoffs. That would be George Carl when uh, Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. First time a team has had three All-Stars and not made the playoffs. That would be George Carl. And, like, there's such a track record of him losing with talent that I don't know how you ignore that. Yeah. That, that, that's my beef with him. It has, and as people have always said, oh, you must have something based on DJ. And I said, DJ's never told me anything but positive things about George right. Carl. But right. the fact is, I'm not going to ignore the right. amount of talent that he has, and he right. somehow found a way to lose with. Right. And every time you hear his name involved with getting caught up with star players, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, you insert name here. And, you know, that's fine. I don't doubt that, you know, a lot of these guys are, are knuckleheads. But the fact is, is that you, you know that when you took the job. And what did you do to fix the situation? You know what I mean? When you went to Sacramento, you knew what Boogie Cousins was. Yeah. What did you do? Right. What did you do to, to to nurture that relationship? Right. You know that that's my that's my thing with George Carl and and that whole the book thing just disgusted by it. just and 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 it's bigger than George Carl to me. It's mm-hmm. it's just the concept that I don't think there's a place in it for to be to and your book if you're it's your book make it about your life talk mm-hmm. about your relationship with your son leave Melo and Kmart's relationship with their parents. Out of it, and then, like you said, if Jr.'s dad is too involved, this person's dad is not involved. I mean, so what the hell are you? The dad meter? No, I feel you. I mean, he 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 screwed me over more than he did all them guys, you know. But I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it real. Hey. If I think he's you know he can do some things, if I think he's good, he's good. If I don't don't think he's good, and I'll say he's not good. But I'm just I'm gonna keep it real. Okay. But the thing about Damian Lillard is what really yeah like, yes yes what was yes, that about yes you don't I, know this kid you ain't coach this kid what is that never about? say never even met him and he said that I, I'm gonna say. That it can't be the because he knows the coach. Coach is yeah. from his coaching tree yeah. and, and worked underneath him. Yeah. He says it's not the coach. So first of all, who said something was wrong in Portland? <laughs> what, what, I have no idea how that's even brought up. When we sat here last year and did the um, our NBA preview, and we said they lost four out of five starters and replaced none of them, we were like, well, "Good luck to them." I thought they have a horrible year, and they finished with like the fourth or the fifth seed in yeah. the West. Yeah. Mind you, George Carl was coaching in the West, and his team ain't do anything. Yeah. So he says, I think, you know, can't be the coach, so it must be Damian Lillard. Who said anything was wrong in Portland? What was wrong with Portland? And I'm glad, and I like what Terry Stott said. I mean, Terry was like, man, George gave me my shot, man. I appreciate George for, you know, for, for giving me my shot and this and all that. But, 
he need to worry about himself and leave my team alone. Like, yeah, I mean, you have your own yeah. team. Yeah. And 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 the thing is, is that when he says, you know, Melo is selfish and he's da 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 da, and this is the reason he's never won anything. My question becomes, well, what's your excuse? Yeah. Right. So if if we if we've pinpointed Melo's reason for why he's losing, it's because he doesn't have a father. That's the reason he doesn't have any championship ring. What's your reason for losing? Right. You've been in this league 27 years and have won no titles. Right. So, you know, it, come on, man. Stop it. Still, I could go on for days. Stop it. Um, overall, I mean, just, you just not, you just find yourself just not surprised. Just, that's just Carl being Carl. No, I'm not surprised. I mean, the, the, what surprised me, was, like I said, with the Damian Lillard thing. I mean, guys, he's coached. If he feels a certain way about them, and he's just he's just talking stuff. I mean, like I said, because he'll sit there, he'll have a conversation with you and be like, "Man, you know, this <laughs> guy right here, man, he just doesn't get it. He's just this, this, and that." And he don't, he don't mind saying he don't mind saying how he feels because he he feels like in life he's one in life. That only thing, like I said, only thing he don't have is an NBA championship. If that's all you're gonna say, he don't have. Aside from that. He's pretty good. You know what? One time I got an opportunity to, the first time I, I, was, I was very hard on Gary Williams. I was not a Gary Williams fan I, for a lot of reasons. And at, at the time, to be honest with you, in hindsight, I didn't know a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And the first time I got a chance to sit down, it was after a practice, and I got a chance to sit down one-on-one for about 15 minutes. Just me and Gary Williams were talking um, uh, we were doing an interview with Mouton, and he just sat down and talked. He said, hey, ask me who I was, da-da-da. And I said, you know, I, to be honest with you, I just want to ask you about certain people who never developed while we were here. And he listened, and, you know, I told him names that I thought, you know, that they came in, and four years later they were the same player. And without throwing anybody under the bench, he said, with throwing anybody under the bus, he said, you know, a lot of stuff, I can see you really know you're a basketball and that you're a, a diehard fan. He said, all I'm going to tell you is, is that, I can tell people to do things and tell them what to do to get better, but if they don't do them, there's nothing I can do about that. And he didn't have to say, I told this said kid to do X, Y, and Z, and he didn't want to work on it. He said, all those weaknesses that you said that you had, he said, I recognize that, and I told those people that, and I told them what to do to get better about that. And he said, now, if they didn't want to do that, that's on them. But he didn't say anybody's name. Didn't say, oh, this kid was just uncoachable. Yeah. That kid never da 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 da. Yeah. And and it was just, I had a different. I was like, you know what? That's that's very true. Well, you know, college, college is different. It is. And and even in to that point, it, there's been stuff. You know, George has told Melo plenty of times. Hey, yo, pass the ball out the double. Stop pump faking and shooting the fadeaway and all that. Where guys are open, and if Melo decides not to do that, that's on Melo. But in college, your coaches are so have so much control. You know. I, um, I went to you know my Cincinnati Temple game the other day, and you know a guy was in the game ten seconds, set a legal screen. He was out of the game so fast. You know they'll they'll pull you in in college for anything, and you know and not give you the chance to really develop how you could, giving you that game experience because you know your the the leash is so short on some of these guys. Like we had a guy on our team when I was in Cincinnati who was who was really good in high school, big six ten seven foot coaches. Thought he was too heavy. He's like, man, this kid's like 275, 280. He's like, man, you're not playing until you're 250. And while we practicing, he's running, running around the stadium, <laughs> running stairs. And this was a guy who potentially, maybe, you know, could have, could have been good. But I mean, he, he. Did he ever get it, 250? It, no, no, right? No. I mean, uh, he might have got. I think what, what time he got like the 
255 or something and on the weekend. He was like 270. And coach was like, man, you gained 20 pounds this weekend? <laughs> man, that's hard effing work, man. <laughs> like, he was, <laughs> he went off. But he, he never ended up pan, panning out. And he was actually a good player. But, you know, in college, you just don't, you know, coaches got so much control, you know. If someone is on you, but, you know, if you 